Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Have you ever been put under general anaesthetic for an operation? Well, that was Dr. Jean Allison's job to put patients into an induced coma. She came from Australia in 1965 to work in hospitals here for the next three decades. She was recently in Hong Kong for a couple of anniversaries and we met up for a chat. Do you want to know why I came to Hong Kong? Well, I had a very bad day at Prince Henry's hospital in Melbourne and I had nothing to read at home and I'd missed the library so I read a medical journal from cover to cover. It started off with an article about delinquent children and then I even read the advertisements for a change and there was an advertisement for the Alice Homuling Nethersoul Hospital, a mission hospital in Hong Kong. Well, I'd been to Hong Kong before and I liked it and there was a strong tradition of working in the missions in our family, so I applied for it. So when was this? 1965. So you had been trained as a doctor and an anaesthetist in, in Australia? Part of the time in Britain. What was the job that you took on here in Hong Kong? I was a medical officer in anaesthesia. It offered a good salary, but I didn't realise what a junior position it was at the time. About a year later, they promoted all the qualified people to senior medical officer, and I was the other one that was promoted. One of the physicians was promoted. In the mid-1960s, when you were working in the hospital here, were the hospitals quite modern in comparison to Australia or Britain? No. Nightingale wards, which we were getting. But most of them were better equipped, particularly the Grantham. It was far better equipped in a very small space than any other cardiothoracic hospital that I'd visited. What do you mean by nightingale wards? Those long open wards like Florence Nightingale worked in. So some of these buildings were quite old-fashioned. Now, when you worked in anaesthesia in the 1960s, how did the process go? So when you were knocking somebody out for an operation, what did it involve? In Australia, we had induction rooms where you um, got the patient ready, uh, attached all the monitoring equipment, which was a bit basic, and then you anaesthetised the patient and then took him or her into the theatre. There were no induction rooms here. And then when the operation was finished, you took the patient to the recovery room. But here, there were no recovery rooms. So we had to wait until the patient was fit to go to, back to the ward. So everything done in the operating room? Yeah. And what chemicals were you using at that time? Thiopantone, a drug that was commonly known as curare, nitrous oxide and halothane. You had to choose which was best for the patient and also which was cheaper for the hospital. <laughs> and um, like in the films, do you, do you actually t- would you tell the patient to, to count numbers? Of 
course not. <laughs> now, in terms of, I mean, obviously by the 1960s, there's this whole variety of, of drugs available for you to choose. But what would have happened in the 19th century here in Hong Kong? What would they have been using? Often it wasn't recorded whether it was ether or chloroform. It would just say general anaesthesia. And was it effective? Oh, yes. Uh, you could get the patients very deep, reasonably relaxed, uh, the muscles reasonably relaxed, with general anaesthesia. Now, with ether and chloroform, could you measure it in the same way, or is it just a matter of... No, you dripped it onto a mask, a Schimmelbusch mask was the one that was usually used. And uh, so they used to drip it on until that person became asleep, really? Uh, lost consciousness, because anaesthesia is an induced coma, which can be controlled. No, inter- it's not sleep. Yes. And a lot of people don't realise that. It's not sleep. It's an induced coma. When you worked at the Nethersoul... With it. What's the full name of the hospital again? Alice from Yuling, A nice neat name there. Now, this is named after a bunch of women. So what, what's the history of that? The London Missionary started a clinic in Hollywood Road named after the chairman of the board's wife who was a Miss Nethersoul before she married Mr Davis. So there was the Nethersoul Clinic. And then Hawkeye, who is famous, he and his friend, Al Tak, reclaimed land, which became Kai Tak Airport. Hawkeye was the first person from Hong Kong to get a medical degree in Western medicine. He was a graduate of Aberdeen University. And then he uh, went to London, was admitted to the bar, so that he was doubly qualified as a lawyer and a doctor. But he never really practised medicine. He married a British woman? beautiful Alice Walkton. Now, Alice died, and there's some doubt as to whether she had a child or not. She died of typhoid because Hong Kong wasn't, uh, hygiene wasn't that great then. Then he married a Chinese lady who I think had 16 children, rather a lot, <laughs> double figures. So Alice Ho, yes, died in 1884 from, from typhoid, so that's part of, part of the name too. So we've got Alice Ho, we've got Nethersoul. They built the Alice Memorial Hospital in Hollywood Road. They run out of land in Hollywood Road and they wanted another hospital so they built it on land they had in Bottom Road and called it the Nethersoul Hospital. Then they wanted to expand it. Hawkeye persuaded his sister, Miss Homu Ling, to donate money for the new hospital. So we had the Nethersoul Hospital next to the Homuling Hospital in Breezy Park. Well, then the next thing was they shifted the Alice Memorial Hospital up to Bonham Road, and then eventually, I think it was 1938, 
they opened the new Nethersole Hospital. Then in 1953, they built a bridge over the Nulla between the two hospitals and connected them all up and combined the name Alice Homuling Nethersole Hospital. Yeah, it's such a long title, but it's great to look at the history of these people. Now, in terms of you, you came here in 1965. So, in fact, you were just... At the end of 1965. So, they're even closer then. So, you so that I started work on the 1st of January, 66. And you were just ahead of the Star Ferry riots. That's right. Can you describe what it was like living in Hong Kong at that time? Well, of course, the riots were far away and didn't really affect us, except that if we wanted to go to Kowloon, we had to go on a Walla Walla. Would there have been an MTR, a mass transit railway, in those days? No, that was until 72. In terms of your work, I mean, you were at the uh, anesthesiology... I can never do it. Anesthesiology. (laughs) You were at the anesthesiology end of things. But uh, what were the health issues that that faced the population here in the 60s? Well, um, TB was still common. And there were rat bins still you know, for disposing of dead rats. And we'd have occasional cholera epidemics. And I think typhoid was a bit more common than it should have been. And these were just a matter of clearing up in in terms of public health hygiene? Some of them were. The other thing, the TB then responded well to drugs. Now we've got resistant TB. So people still get it today? Oh, yes, especially people with AIDS because their vulnerability to diseases has increased. In terms of the 60s, I mean, did you, what sort of antibiotics were available or did you have to look to other methods? Penicillin, streptomycin, chloromycetin, oreomycin, gentamicin and I can't remember when we got the cephalosporins. When you look back to 60s Hong Kong, I mean, what do you remember of your impressions when you first arrived? It was a bit of a shock to the system because the missionaries at the hospital, they were just so self-contained. They didn't need an outsider, except for the Dora Bent. Now, Dora had been a missionary in China had to retire to look after elderly parents and then had got the job of assistant secretary at the Nethersole. Dora sat on her very broad bottom all day and talked and talked and talked. And yet she knew far more about everybody's business and got far more work done than anybody else in the hospital. And Dora said that the first Cantonese she learned was Chi Mo Soi, there's no water in the lavatory. Were you affected like in the early 1970s by water shortages? I mean, how did you cope with that? I was here in 67 when it was a very dry summer. China had agreed to give us water in the summer if we needed it, but they didn't. So we had water four hours every fourth night. Uh, And of course we had the 67 riots then, didn't we? 
I was going to ask you, and perhaps you will regard this next question as a bit inane, considering your working hours, but did you have any leisure time and, and did you have any hobbies? I did have le- leisure time and what I really liked about Hong Kong was that there was always something on at the theatre or touring companies would come to Hong Kong as well as the amateur, the Hong Kong singers and there was a group that used to put on plays. Well, that would have been the Hong Kong... the Art Centre. Hong Kong players? Yes. Yes, they're still around and in fact the Hong Kong players go right back. They were set up in the 1840s extraordinarily. Yes. Perhaps not called that. So you used to watch those productions? Yes. And uh, uh, did you used to sing yourself? No. I I was a great disappointment to the family. I was not musical. Are they quite choral? My father's aunt was a very good singer and was a very good accompanist. Her daughter Shirley was a very good singer. Now you were mentioning to me that your background is both Australia and Britain. Is there also, is there sort of a missionary background in your family? Two of father's cousins were missionaries. Auntie Ivy in the Solomons, Auntie Esther in Fiji. Actually, Auntie Esther went out to Fiji as a teacher, was invalided home with hepatitis, and she'd always wanted to be a doctor. And her brother said that he would pay her fees to do medicine. She graduated during the Second World War and went back to Fiji. My thanks to Dr Jean Allison for her medical insights and being great company. And here's wishing you a very happy new year and a good start in 2015. Thanks for listening and join me next year on Hong Kong Heritage.